SwainEvent, SwainEvent.com, fueled by that in barbecue. We'll see how the phone lines act during the uh, the rest of the show. Had a little minor adjustment there during the break. We'll see if it uh, fixes the issue. If it does it, then it's something that I'll have to deal with after the show today. So I uh, apologize for that, Turkey Man and DR Vol. And maybe, maybe that will happen with Big Orange Mac. And so we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll 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 fix that for sure uh if it's something that is not uh fixed by what we did during the break. Uh eight six five two hundred and fifty five oh three, still a number to the Irish Networks hotline. Uh live here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive, over hundred and fifty vehicles in stock, lifetime warranty on most new and pre owned vehicles. Uh Beatty will buy your vehicle. Uh and they will trade for anything. Never pay over MSRP for New vehicles at BaityChevrolet.com. Uh, ben, you made the trip down there, man. How how was how was the trip? It was uh, it was solid. It was it was a nice SEC football experience. I maintain my thoughts on Gainesville that I had last week. I think Gainesville is is very overrated. Just don't think it's a very pretty town and not a not somewhere where I would want to live. But hey, to each their own. But uh, it, it was it was cool. SEC football under the lights, hard, hard to complain about about that. Uh, slept very little because of awesome prices. All awesome prices fault, kind of. But uh, we, we stayed. Were you snoring? No. Well, it was a night game, and we were staying in Orlando, which was like an hour and fifty minutes away. So we we left Gainesville. Probably at like eleven thirty, and we're we're set to get back. I think we left at eleven thirty. I don't know. We were set to get back to our hotel at like one fifty, and we had we flew out at eight thirteen yesterday morning, so we had to be up at like six to get to the airport, which we were five minutes away from, and Austin just had to eat. We had to stop and get food. I heard you I was in line for like an hour. For an hour. I sat through a stupid McDonald's drive-thru for an hour. An hour that I could have been sleeping. And then, so, so we go from being back at the hotel at like 1.37 to, to 2.37. And then... On top of that, we finally get our food, which surprisingly you would you would assume that the the line was going to take an hour, like the food was going to be bad. At least the food was warm; it was warm at least. I, I was very surprised. And then, so we still have like an hour and ten minutes left back to Orlando. And this dude, after having me wait in this line for an hour, was out like a light, and I was by myself <laughs> for like fifty minutes with with him snoring in the passenger side on, on the Florida Turnpike. <laughs> so, I uh, running on on very little sleep, but it was a cool experience. I uh, it, I enjoyed traveling, getting to go to to places that I don't I don't get to go to very often. So, and, and the atmosphere was was cool. It was very loud in the swamp, which is why I made the comment earlier. I was very impressed by how Tennessee handled the environment, handled the noise up until that last possession of the first half when Cade Mays 
had the false start, I believe, and, and then there was a, another false start uh, as well. Uh, I thought Tennessee handled the environment pretty well uh, up until that point. Yeah, I mean, if you just go back and watch the game again and 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 um, really pay attention to the plays and the, the situation, I mean, Tennessee, look at the scores, 38-14, but, you know, Tennessee – on the drive where you had the the big drop from from Callaway, uh, at worst we're talking about seventeen to twenty four a one possession game. At best we're talking a twenty one to twenty four game, and that drop was the play that basically took the air out of the sails for Tennessee, and then it was over from there. And you just never know when that play may come, which is why you play every every play like it is that play, uh, because you just never know. But that was a play. That I looked at and was like, all right, man, that that's 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 what took the air out of the balloon right there. Uh, but it's man, it's twenty four fourteen. Tennessee has hit some big plays. Tennessee is holding up on defense, stopping the run for the most part, doing a really good job running the football too on offense. And um, fourth down and five, after picking up seven yards, uh, third down and twelve. So, I mean, you get sacked. Then you have a one-yard loss. So your first down, second down play are negative plays. And this is why you want to stay away from negative plays because it puts you behind the sticks. Sticks, But still, to be able to bounce back and have a fourth and five manageable um, potential conversion, great play call, play design. You got exactly what you wanted. You got man-to-man. Uh, someone got picked along the way because Callaway was wide open. He's on the he's on the run, and sometimes when you have those those receivers running crossing routes that are wide open, man, the quarterback can can short arm it or or you know try to try to throw it a certain type of way and it comes out wrong and the pass is you know inaccurate. But no, it was a perfect pass right there. It just just dropped. But that was that was it. That was it. Florida gets the ball. They go down. They score. It's thirty-one fourteen. Um, and then they score a garbage touchdown at the end, makes it 38-14. But this game was was right there within reach for Tennessee. And this is a teaching moment. This is a coaching moment that you can't leave players on the, on the, on the field. You cannot leave players on the field. Simple as that. You got to make all of them. You're not going to make all of them, um, but this is a example of how when you don't make them, the momentum can swing and you're giving Florida the opportunity, and that's what happened. They go down to score, and then basically the game the game is you, over at that point. Yeah, the, the game was over practically when Jimmy Callaway dropped that football on, on fourth down. Do you think that he would have scored in that situation? I don't know if he would have scored, but that's why I said it worse. You know, you kick a field goal if you don't uh, punch it in the end zone. But, I mean, he had a lot of grass. I didn't mm-hmm. see any Florida Gators around. No, I'm pretty because sure there, there were two – Two perimeter guys. I I think maybe Jacob Warren was one of them. Maybe maybe Warren Tillman. I can't remember uh, who were out getting ready to block. But he had he had two guys on two guys and needed to make one guy miss. And let's just say that Callaway does make the guy miss. And best scenario possible, you, you score a touchdown. It's twenty four twenty one with four minutes left in the third quarter. And instead, Florida turns around and goes down the field and score, and and then, as you mentioned, scored a a garbage time touchdown 
there with with about two minutes to, to go. So you go from Callaway making that play and it being 24-21, best, best case scenario, to worst case scenario of, of Florida turning around, immediately marching down the field, and then also scoring a, a, a garbage-time touchdown and make it look worse than what it was. Yeah, I'm looking at the fourth down play right now. Um, and I, I, I'll be able to tell you for sure um, if I think we would have scored. He would have so needed to make a guy miss, but he had a lot of a lot of grass in front of him. Certainly man-to-man. Oh, gr- great job by Tillman. Oh, he, I mean, he would have picked up a first down. I don't know if he, he wouldn't have scored, but he would have picked up a first down. There's no doubt about it. But, but I, great I, job by Tillman. Tillman yeah. making making the DB that was guarding uh, Callaway, uh, you know, kind of kind of avoid him not mm-hmm. picking up the offensive pass interference because sometimes young receivers they they know it's a pick play, but they take it literal and they try to go pick. You know, they try to go you know, set a screen in basketball. So you don't have to make contact. You just want to change their speed and their angle. Uh, Tillman did a great job on on his route and. You got exactly what you wanted, man to man. Uh, third, fourth down and short, which is a crossing route, which you, you hit a guy in stride, you, you should be able to pick up five yards. So it was exactly what you wanted, man. It's how you drew it up, but you got to catch it. I don't think he scores, though, Ben. Yeah, and, and again, like I said, that's best case scenario that he scores. And, and even if he doesn't score, he's probably down around the 10 the yard line, and, and Tennessee has first and goal. and with the way Tennessee was running the football, I, I have confidence that Tyon Evans punches it in. So I, I, I think Tennessee does score if Callaway makes the catch, scores on that drive, maybe not on that particular play, but at least punches his, it into the end zone. And we're talking about a 24-21 football game going into the fourth quarter. Golly, man. Yeah, you had Tennessee had two um, players on the perimeter. They were blocking. Um and then you had a free safety that was free that was coming to pursue while Callaway's man was was trailing. So and Callaway's shown that he could make that one guy miss. Yeah, he would he would have had to make more than one guy miss because uh, I mean he's at the he's at the thirty yard line. There's no way that these receivers on the outside are holding blocks from the thirty all the way to the end zone. So these guys would have gotten off. Callaway's man was coming. Free safety was coming. He would. I mean, he would have had to make three guys miss probably to score, and then pursue was going to come uh, as well. So he wouldn't have scored on that play unless Florida misses, you know, four or five tackles. So it's very worse. You pick up the first down, maybe maybe a ten yard gain, and you have the ball at the twenty yard line. But there's no reason why Tennessee uh, at least should you know shouldn't have scored a touchdown on that drive or kicked the field goal and made it from that distance. We did miss one, um, but it was from further out. But the point is, that play was the momentum killer. That was a play that you knew, all right, man, that was our chance. Game's probably over, and it was. Florida goes down, they score, make it 31-14, makes it three possessions, and then it's, it's, it's a wrap from there. I personally thought that, we we would come up short by three possessions. I thought Florida would win by three possessions. 
Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be 20, you know, like the spread suggested, but I, I felt like they were three possessions better than us. And I did not think that we would get to the over on 60 points either because uh, I didn't think we would get to 30 and hold them to, to 30. So that's that's that was my reason when D.R. Vall called last week and we were t- talking about it. But um, you can point to this game if you're Tennessee, <clears throat> point to a lot of good things, and point to how close you were. And this could be what helps Tennessee beat the Missouris and, and beat the South Carolinas and compete later on in the season. And who knows, pro- potentially win a game you're not supposed to win. But Tennessee was close, man. I can see how Tennessee was close in this matchup and a f- few plays here and there is what cost them. And then, boom, they, they scored the garbage time touchdown at the end. Uh, but you were right there. You were right there. The same way that Florida was able to look at the Alabama game and see and point out a few plays and tell themselves that they were close, I think Tennessee can can do some of those same things and have some of those same conversations. Um, 865-255-03. Uh, we had a little bit of technical issues there uh, earlier in, uh, in hour number three. Not sure if they are resolved uh, during the break. We tried to reset some things. I haven't gotten a phone call um, yet, so don't we, know. No, we, we got the lines full. We can test it out. We got court. All right, involved. let's do it. All right, let's try it. Let's try it. Court of all, let's see it. Let's see. Let's see if we hit the magic button there. Good morning. What's up? What's up? Well, that's definitely gonna make it beep. <laughs> I know, right? It's gonna trigger. So it. what Ben's trying to say about Callaway is he a fart in a skillet? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, he he, he would have needed to be a fart in a skillet <laughs> to break those tackles for sure. Oh man. Oh man. I'm not going to take credit for this, but a buddy of mine sent this to me. I just kind of wanted to make a quick comparison here. Not, not trying to say, <clears throat> excuse me, not trying to say that Tennessee's Alabama or nothing like that because I know I'm fixing to get ragged on. Not, not by you, not by you guys, but I wanted to make a quick comparison with what I what I was was shown here. So you look at the Bama and Florida game, right? If you look at the offense, mm-hmm. Bama had 331 total yards of offense, 91 yards rushing. This weekend, we had 423 total yards of offense, 148 yards rushing. We produced more than Bama did, and Bama loaded with five stars. It comes down to execution and depth, like what you've been saying. And it's showing more and more and more going up now, especially it showed like, you know, like it was enormously huge show on Saturday that now – it should show everybody, hey, we're that far away, but these guys are playing with a lot of heart. I re- and I'm not sitting here talking about a moral victory by any means because I hate that term. I hate that sound. It just, it just, ugh, it just feels disgusting. But there is plenty good to take away from it. Plenty positive to take away from it. And uh, now there are also multiple negatives to pull from that game. But the guys were, you know, I liked the fight that I saw in our players. They, a lot of them seemed like they were really intent on playing really hard, and it was really, really good to see. And they were getting juiced up. You know, I mean, Ty, I mean, look at Tyon. Tyon yep. was playing with his hair on fire. I mean, Lo- love that's Tyon. JJ's little brother. <laughs> that's, that is Jawan Jennings' little brother right there, man. He possesses the same fire as Jawan Jennings, man. It's different for Jawan. He's from Tennessee. But, guys, like, he refused to go down. 
he plays with a sense of urgency, a, a toughness about himself, and he's just he's just different, man. He's just different. I wish we had about ten more of him and ten more Theo Jacksons, man. Theo's making me proud, man. Uh, I I liked him early, early on when we first got him years ago, and it feels like he's been here six years. I don't, I can't remember how long he has been here, but I I do I like Theo's game, especially now. I feel like this staff's really this defensive staff's really given everything they've got, and I, I appreciate what Tim Banks is doing. But, uh, Ben, I've got one question for you if you're on the line still, man. Uh, yes, sir. Was, uh, was what Austin was making you wait for, is that a – that wouldn't have happened of being like a filet of fish or anything, right? That <laughs> was Happy Meal. Uh, it was I've, – I've never sat in a drive-thru as, as long as – as long as I did. Mm. That's – that's crazy, man. At Mm-mm. after midnight, while still having over an hour to drive back to Orlando, and and of course, as we're we're pulling up to the hotel, I noticed the another twenty four hours McDonald's right around the corner without a line. Mm-mm-mm. Poor leadership, right there, man. Austin's supposed to be leading you. You the rookie. <laughs> Well, and, They're and, on VolQuest. That's uh, poor leadership on Austin's part. And, and I suggested, why, why don't we just, you know, wait and get something until we get closer to Orlando? But Austin, but no. Austin wanted wanted to. I even said, you know what, we got to be at Uncle the airport. Uncle Austin said no. Yeah, I said, hey, we got to be uh, at the airport in a couple hours. I I can I can wait till we get to the airport in the morning. And, and he looked at me like I was I was crazy. So uh, now I, he he did own up to his mistake because. First thing he said after he woke up when we got back to the hotel was, yeah, that wasn't a very good decision by me. I'll, I'll take the blame for that one. <laughs> hey, at least he's owning it. Accountability, right? Yep, that's right. He, at least he's owning it. Let's, uh, so, let's get Turkey Man back in here. Yeah, Turkey Man, man. That's my fault, Turkey Man. I thought somebody was calling you, man, beeping in, but looks like that was well, on, I thought on, on our part. Me, bro. I no, thought I thought hey, it, it sounded like someone was beeping in, and, and we could hear it, so – uh, that's on, that's on us. It sounds like it, it, it might be fixed because we didn't hear a problem uh, during the last phone call. So let's knock on wood and keep it going, uh, Turkey Man. So right. go ahead, man. Okay, how much percentage health-wise do you think Hooker needs to be to play this week? Because I think he is by far our best chance to win. But he has to be mobile, too. Uh, I think everyone manages pain differently. And um, Hooker's game, I think, to be effective. Uh, his legs are a big part of his game. So, uh, what what is what is what injury are we questioning here? Uh, I don't know. We 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 don't know. He, I mean, he got popped on that flea flicker where he kind of took a a weird hit again on the flea flicker. Jacob Warren missed his block. So when Tyon Evans was pitching it back to Hendon, and it was a it was a bad pitch back. Hendon had to make an adjustment and and act contort his body to to catch it. Uh, as, as he was trying to catch it, the the edge rusher who beat Warren smacked him pretty good, and I think it kind of like twisted his knee, twisted his ankle. But I, I'm not totally sure. I also wonder with with the game being out of pretty much over at that point, if it was more uh, of a precaution to pull him. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that, man. It it did look funky. I mean, I I'm because he he got back up. It took him a minute to get up. His teammates pulled him back up, 
and like he tried to take a step and then like he collapsed back to the ground. So I, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I, I think a, a lot of precaution was involved, but I, I do think that Hendon had a legitimate stinger. Hey, Ben. Yes, sir. Did you hear Coach Hopple say that that Milton had taken most most of the reps this week? You you heard you heard that incorrectly. Uh, Hooker took most of the reps. Uh, it's very similar to, to to last week going into the Tennessee Tech game. Uh, Milton did very little, and Hooker took most of the first team reps. That was the same case going into Florida. Okay, okay. So that's what that's what it sounded like he said when asked about uh, the uh, uh, how Milton. Uh, and he looked at him as a starter this week. He said, still working with him. And I was quiet. I thought he said the other, what he said, I didn't. No, he said that he wanted to avoid Joe Milton as much as possible, that he he didn't do a ton throughout the week. And Tennessee went into the game la- or on Saturday night trying to avoid putting him in the game. Okay. 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 Well, I knew that I knew but from what you could see on the on the screen, TV wise, uh, both quarterbacks, uh, alternate quarterbacks, were getting ready to go in the game, and so it was uh, pretty evident uh, that uh, uh, Joe was going to be number two if 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 Hooker couldn't go. But I did I didn't know that that situation. But we've got to get. We've got to get consistent with her effort pass, and I thought Hooker did a great job. I mean, you you said it. Uh, we uh, we make a catch or two. We're supposed to. We we make a throw that wide open. But I think he got hit. That, that directed that that throw. I think affected that. I'm gonna give him that on that. But but he was wide open. That we missed and missed the field goal. That uh, would have been a big big play, but. Uh, one other thing I was going to mention, uh, and I'll get out of here, but everybody's talking about Arkansas, but I think they've been fortunate, if anybody can be fortunate during the COVID, of having so many returned seniors, six-year seniors, that gets an extra year playing that has helped them in depth and in, in, uh, experience-wise, which uh, will help them because they're winning, will help them in recruiting. That was just my take on that. Well, appreciate it, guys. I'll get out of here. Hey, thank you, Turkey Man. You know, I think I think the Florida quarterback transfer from last year kind of helped bridge bridge that gap Felipe for uh, Felipe Franks helped bridge the gap for you know first year coach Sam Pittman. I mean, he brought in you know winning winning mindset. He had experience. Um, Kendall Browse has been a great hire for Sam Pittman. You know, you don't you don't hire what you think. But what you like, you know, Sam Pittman is an old school offensive guy running the football. But it ain't about it. Ain't, it don't matter about about what you like. It's about what you think is best. Sam Pittman hired what he thought was best, which was Kendall Browse, uh, which is totally different than what he is used to, um, you know, coaching during his tenure. But that's been a great, great match. Him and Kendall Browse, uh, and then boom, you have Jefferson who got banged up in that game against Texas A&M. Don't know how he's going to be against Georgia. Um, but he's a guy that uh, served as a backup, 
but is ready, like stepped in and was ready the moment that he took over the reins. And then you have a running game that's good. The defense is playing tough because you got Barry Odom, one of the best defensive coaches in this conference, and he has been for years. So yeah, Arkansas, have, have, you know they've 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 hit kind of goal with Sam Pittman. Sam Sam Pittman may not be a good fit somewhere else, but he's perfect for Arkansas. It's not always about the the right hire or the best hire. It's about the rest the the right fit and. We have seen top coaches go one place, not work out, go somewhere else, and then work out. It's about fits. And Sam Pittman is a perfect fit at Arkansas, uh, which only makes it tougher for a Tennessee fan to be told to be patient. Because we're sitting here like, hey, you know, I remember when, when at the beginning of this whole patient thing, was it was 10 years ago in 2011, guess what Arkansas was doing? They was winning with Bobby Petrino. <laughs> so we've seen them – Win with Petrino at a high level, then fall off, and now come back in the whole time that we've still been trying to figure it out. Now, when, we did have a stretch there in 16 where we were top 10 for a little bit, but we underachieved. So that's that's why it's tough for us to be able to be told, be patient when you look at Arkansas, and they've basically lost 20-something conference games in a row, and now look at them. They'll be in top 10 this week. So. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to bring up, the fact that – this time last year, Arkansas had just lost its 20th straight SEC game. And then a year later, they have wins over Texas and Texas A&M under the belt. Yep. I mean, I, and there's no reason to get upset at, at Josh Heupel because it's not his fault. It's his first year. There's no reason to get upset at Danny White. It's not his fault. It's his first year. So... If you want to get mad, all you doing is get mad at people who are not employed at Tennessee. It's basically a waste of energy, to be honest. But it is, but it is frustrating. But to be mad at somebody, it's just use your energy somewhere else. There's no one that's currently, as a coach or as administration administrator, who's really at fault for this. But it stinks, though. It stinks seeing Arkansas doing what they're doing right now, considering where they were just a. Three short years ago, they were trash. And now, they're killing folks. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's get to Rusty. Rusty, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Lovely. Thank you for having me on. Um, miss you guys. Haven't talked to you in like a week and a half. Um, Saturday was frustrating in the in the sense that that old saying that George W. Bush butchered back in the day, which is, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. You, you, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> Shout out to J. Cole. If you get fooled you get once, you can't get fooled again. Uh, well, it's like, I think it's a saying in Tennessee. It was a saying in Texas. Uh, <laughs> um, what I'm talking about is we're two, we're four games in, and we've been beat for a touchdown in the red zone twice. Oh my gosh! On a double pass on the exact same thing that Pitt burned us on, and it was open. <laughs> and it was open a third time against Tennessee Tech. Yeah, we. I mean, our our defense got to be better. And I mean, we we just can't get fooled by that by that you know, rinky dink stuff. That that and, and the penalties, the the un. 
the unforced penalties, just the, the mental pre-snap errors are just so frustrating. Because I, I thought we played really well. I thought our coaching was brilliant as far as scheming up, getting guys open. It's, it's, just, it's the same thing. We, we're, we're doing good things. We're just making the little mistakes that is, that's costing us so massively. Yeah. Am I am I off am I off, off track there? No, I think I think you I think you're there. I I also think that um, it just goes to show you that the margin of error is so small. I mean, I thought I, I think Tim Banks has done a good job, and um, aside for fixing that, you know, fixing that defense of double pass. I mean, you shouldn't. In four games, we shouldn't have trouble covering that in three of the four games. So, I mean, that mm. that is probably the only thing I would ding our defense on. Um, yeah. Usually when you give up something like that against Pitt, you you have to fix it because you know that you're going to see it right. again. And we still haven't yep. been able to show that we can, we can, we can stop that. So, you're going to see it again. You're going to see it again uh, next week or a week after that. You will see it again until you prove that you can – that you can stop it, but I think you you are on on base, my friend. Is, is that a coaching thing that they have to get it preached to them, or that you that you you have your assignment? Somebody's got that deep pass on that side of the field, and they can't come up and and just focus on the guy that's getting thrown what looks like a bubble screen. Is, is it the coach, or is it the players that just have to know better? It's two two ways to look oh. at it. Yeah, it's two ways to look at it. You know the the. The coaches, I am pretty sure, I'm willing to say I'm 100% sure that they worked on how to fix that, correct that, and guard that. After you give up a touchdown, that is a point of emphasis the next week because you know you're going to see it again. So I'm pretty sure it was covered on how to, to, to stop that. Now it's the player's responsibility to execute it. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's coaching because they was they were not told how to f- stop it. I'm looking right. at the players going, okay, Thanks. you guys are not listening. Now you look at the coaches because now it reflects the coaches. So the coaches can go over things they blew in the face. If the players don't do it, it just reflects the coaches. It's, it's kind of like being a parent and, like, you tell your kids about having manners, having manners, having manners. You preach it all the time, but then they go to school and they don't do it. That doesn't mean that you don't tell them about manners. Manner, manners. Mm-hmm. That just means that when they don't do it, it reflects you. It makes it seem like you don't teach it at home, but you do. So I'm pretty sure Tim Banks went over that. I'm pretty sure Willie Martinez went yeah. over that. But the players just, just failed in three of the four games to cover that. Yeah, you're right. That makes so, sense. Um, it, totally, totally. Uh, one last thing. Is this um, – I'm pulling for Arkansas. I, I, I'm 100% behind. behind I, I, I want them to do well. I would much rather see them win ball games than Ole Miss or Georgia or Alabama or a bunch of other teams. So I, and, and Sam Pittman seems like just as good a dude as, as there is out there. So I want to start with that, that, I, that, I, that I'm not trying to, to be – Negative about them and and, but, and say something, but this is going to come off that. Is this Arkansas? Is this is this a Ed Orgeron has Joe Brady and Dave Aranda as his coordinators situation um, with Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom 
for, for Sam Pittman? Is this, is this the same thing that LSU got with Lightning in the bottle and now Orgeron don't know what he's doing? It could be, Argus, but it doesn't really matter. Is Arkansas going to be there in a couple of years? Yeah, I mean. With those two guys could, that had coaches somewhere else? It could be, but it doesn't really matter. Same thing can be said for Coach Foreman when he had Coach Cutcliffe and John Chavis. It don't matter. Same thing can be said for Dabo Sweeney when he had, um, you know, his great offensive coaches and defensive coaches. It, I mean, it don't matter. The only guy that we can point to where it's just he's going to win regardless of who is coaching, that's Nick Saban. But, yeah, I mean, part of being a head coach is hiring good coaches, and sometimes they're smarter than you. It doesn't matter. You're still the head coach. Hire people smarter than you. That's something Coach Former did. Uh, we see Dabo do it. It's been successful. Ogeron did it. And if that's the same case with Arkansas, who cares as long as they're winning if you are looking at it from Arkansas's perspective. But I don't think we'll know um, – until those guys leave and go out and get another head coaching job, um, Barry Odom's case or Kendall getting his first head coaching job, if 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 it's just the assistant coaches and you know it's a it's a Ed Ogeron situation, but I don't think it really matters. Your job is to put a good staff together and hire good coaches, and he's done that. He's done that. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Uh, let's take a quick time out. Can we squeeze Big Orange back in real quick? Okay, let's do it. Uh, since we uh, had some technical difficulties with, with Mac earlier. Let's do it, let's do it. Mac, good morning, man. Good morning, Jay Swizzle. Good morning, Ben Jammin. Uh Yeah, had a little technical difficulty there this morning. That, I don't know what the heck happened. but uh, we, we snapped it clear. We good, we good. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I, I hate to be the, the moral victory guy this morning, but I've seen a lot of growth Saturday. Uh, if you look, you know, first half, it was superb. You know, the plays that was called. Uh, I mean, you, you can't, you couldn't play, you couldn't call a better, a better game with that. Even in the second half, before the defense got gassed, you know, we pretty much kept Florida in check. You know, mm-hmm. toward the end of the game, we, lack of depth, we just got gassed. You know, and that, you know. It is what it is, but one can't sit here and say you didn't see growth. Now, there are some things that I was upset with, the stupid penalties. Can we go a game without a stupid penalty? I thought, Lord have mercy, can y'all just please stop with the stupid penalties? Yep. And please catch the football. I see <sighs> I'm sick to my stomach, and I know you are. I've been listening to you all morning. I'm sick to my stomach. Think about what, how tight of a, more tight of a game it could have been if we, if he catches the daggum football, catch the football. But I, I, you know, and the one, one thing that got all that just got all over me, you know, uh, that oh, you know, damn, oh, I think they really improved. Just kind of like, dude, shut up. I don't want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, we want to uh, hear from you. Then you. Ha- uh, you had Florida players over on the sideline doing a human bicycle. That's how little they think of the – it ain't a rivalry. They, they over doing a human bicycle on the sideline. I tweeted it out. They don't care about this game anymore. It's just another game to them. Uh, another crazy day uh, at college football, you had uh, Clemson players spitting on uh, NC State students and players. You had an Ohio State player. That walked <laughs> off in the middle of a football game. <laughs> and tweeted. And tweeted. And tweeted. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, the day is really crazy, man. 
it was, I mean, it was crazy Saturday. Crazy stuff that happened. You know, and I, from an entertainment value, hey, I like the parody. It's great. But anyway, I, I know y'all need to get to a break. I just wanted to say, hey, everybody keep your heads up. All right? I know when I tweet, the world is ending during ball games. I know. I can't help it. But after I sit and reflect for a couple of days, hey, I, I see progress. And I'm proud of, you know, man, I, I'm really proud of D-line, man. You know, I'm a lineman type guy. Uh, the D-line, man, it, I, I'm, I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm going to get off here, gentlemen. Y'all have a great day and go big on. Thank you for the phone call, Mac. Uh, I'll say this quick point. we got to take a break after this, but – what you saw from Clemson players and the Ohio State player, those are two examples of just blatant disrespect. That's disrespectful, man. Spin on somebody is, is the, the, the highest form of disrespect. And then you quitting in the middle of the game and then going to the locker room tweeting, blank Ohio State? Yo, I don't know about that. I mean, it's funny for us, right? But when you stop laughing and really think about it, just disrespectful. Just disrespectful. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out. Be back after this. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 
42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at swainevent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com Welcome back, Swain Event. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America. Hour number three is brought to you by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. If you haven't heard, there's now a way to get the Power T and the checkerboard on your license plate while supporting scholarships and um, helping out the UT students at the same time. Official UT Knoxville license plates are now available from county clerks, offices across the state of Tennessee. $15 of your $35 annual specialty plate fee support student scholarships. Talk to your county clerk or visit alumni.com. UTK.edu for more information. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here, Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Hope you're having a great morning, considering the circumstances. Tennessee falling to Florida 38 to 14. No one's thrilled about the outcome, but you can see the positives from uh, the game. Uh, this team has certainly improved. In a few months, you appreciate the fight. You appreciate the grit. You also notice the coaching and the scheme. Uh, players got to make plays. And you just got to go get better players. That's just what you got to do. And you can't do it midseason. This ain't the NBA. This ain't the NFL. And even, even with the NFL, it's hard to fix problems midseason like that. So, um some of it is self-inflicting dumb penalties. and Some of it is something you can't do anything about right now. You have to address that in recruiting. Um, but I appreciate how, how hard we plan. And I do see that from a scheme standpoint, uh, I don't think we're shorthanded offense or defense. Tim Banks is doing a good job of defense. Uh, Hypel and company are offense, doing a good job setting guys up, putting them in position to be successful. Just got to make plays. Um, dude, I get, I get, I get so upset <laughs> when, when, when folks talk 
talk about the receivers dropping balls, man, because it's really, it's really concentration. It's really concentration. It's really habits, and I expect, I expect Josh Heupel to be spending more time with the wide receivers. If, if this was like my team, Coach Foreman would be in the receiver meeting room this week. Now he might doze off, but he's gonna be in there. <laughs> if receivers not doing a good job one week, he would be in there the next week. He would be in there. So I expect Heupel to be spending more time with the raw receivers. And it's not, you know, you can call it what you want to. You can call it micromanaging whatever, but the fact is he's a head coach, he's an offensive guy, and he has one group on, on, on offense that is underperforming, quite frankly. They are underperforming. He needs to go in there and put, um, you know, more emphasis on some of the small things and break some of these poor habits that are being carried over to the game. Uh, Vaughn Birmingham says, did we dodge a bullet with Tony Elliott because he has all talent in the world and the offense cannot function at all for Clemson? Well, I mean, his struggles this year, I don't think has, doesn't point to how he would be as a head coach. Because there's a difference between being a head coach and a coordinator. Your responsibilities are night and day different. Uh, But it just shows you how special Trevor Lawrence is. Because you bring in DJ, you, say his name, Ben? DJ Ui Angolole. There you go. That's what I was going to say. But I want to set it up for you, for the for the oop and the slam. Um, But he was, a, he was a five-star coming in. But not all five-stars are the same. Not all five-stars are created the same. I think we know that here at Tennessee. But Trevor Lawrence is just special. And whenever you lose a guy like Trevor Lawrence, that's going to be a little bit of a, 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 a slide. But my goodness, man, the slide has been really bad at Clemson. Couldn't score a touchdown against Georgia. And then you're in a low-scoring game against NC State. White, uh, and you wind up losing. All reason you scored in overtime is because you're right there at the 25-yard line. So Clemson has fall, fallen off hard. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, Corn Tavall says Walter is loving what he's seeing from our D line. He should. He should. He needs Rodney Garner. Rodney Garner could take his game to the next level. He he really he really could. Vallstorm says Dabo ain't successful no more. Wolfie says we definitely definitely desperately need help at safety. Is there anyone on this roster that can help? Uh, talking to Theo Jackson. Last night, uh, locker room, you know, we asked him about some young guys that he feels good about taking over once he and other guys move on and, and, and graduate. And he was very high on Kristen Charles, and he's very high on uh, to Marion McDonald. He mentioned those two guys by name, and no one else. A Vol fan says Sam Pittman seems a lot like Coach Former and Ogeron. His success will be very dependent on his coordinators. Former was successful because of Cut and, and Chief. Things went downhill when Cut left. Ogeron won and added because of Joe Brady. He left and the LSU struggled. The great coaches can sustain things when their good coordinators can move on. It will be interesting to see how Pittman does when Barry Odom and Kendall Brown get other jobs. Yeah, I mean – even even with that being said by Coach Foreman, still won 75% of his games in the Hall of Famer. 
So, but yes, a a bad a bad hire and and mix with Dave Clawson is what hurt after Coach Cut left because Coach Cut left more than one time. When he left the first time, Coach Sanders did a good job of of of, of holding down the fort, and Tennessee didn't fall off a cliff when that happened. But Coach Cut's special, so it definitely was an effect. A bigger drop-off the second time than the first time. But I don't disagree. Uh, it's too much there, ball fan. Uh, Aaron says, did you see the tweet Brian Niedermeyer liked last night? Not sure how you do that when you recruited these players. No, I didn't know Niedermeyer was still on Twitter. I thought he got off. Um, are you familiar with that that like Ben, did you see that? Florida's linebackers coach tweeted out a photo of him and his girl, I, I guess, him and his boot thing, and said that it's always great to beat the Vols. Hashtag go Gators. That's what Brian Niedermeyer liked. Uh, well, hey, man, there's there's some coaches that were fired that was, that was not happy, and there's some coaches that sure helped some other teams pull players from Tennessee. I will say that. Yeah, Niedermeyer needs to sit down and shut up. I will say that. I mean, I thought Niedermeyer had it pretty good here. You know, was able to be a, a coach on the field after zero experience at the previous stop. Uh, was put in tight ends, and then was able to coach coach linebackers. So in two two different seasons, he was able to coach on the football field, and in both seasons, he was doing something he'd never done before, uh, which was be a a coach on the field. So he's made more money uh, coaching at Tennessee than any other point of his coaching career. I don't understand if he is bitter. I don't understand why he would be bitter because he need to be blaming his head coach and his boss for messing it all up. And, and, his, and his own self. I mean, Tennessee fans. Yeah, pretty much. Tennessee fans yeah. were, were willing to, to die for Brian Niedermeyer, it seemed yeah. like, and whatever. Yeah. He's irrelevant. So. At this point, um, I like Niedermeyer. I'm just, I'm just speaking, I'm just speaking the truth. So it don't matter if I like you or dislike. I'm gonna say what, what what needs to be said. I'm gonna say the truth, and so that's the truth. There's no reason for him to be bitter because he the one messed up and got plenty of opportunities. All right, um, BC One Cam says, "Swing, can you go down there and be the modern day Cedric Wilson?" Nah, that ain't gonna be me. <clears throat> no, nope, ain't gonna be me. Nope. Somebody else can do it. Some other re- former receiver can do it if they allow somebody to come in there and talk to them. But I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what talking is going to do. I mean, the habits needs to change, and the players can't can't expect them of themselves. I mean, the coach gotta gotta start expecting that of the players and and changing um, how we do things in practice. Because if you're dropping the balls like that over, of course, four games. That's that's reflecting on on more than just co- uh, more than just the players. That's coaching. That's everybody. So you know, I don't know how much good a, a player coming in there and motivating the, the receivers, a former player coming in there and mo- motivating the receivers. There has to be accountability um, from the from the coaches. And I think Hypel needs to spend more time with the receivers this week. And I think there needs to be a change up and balls being. Dropped in practice, and needs to be some punishment for it because it's showing up in the games and it's getting Tennessee beat.
No, I thought that was pretty fair. I don't think I'm being too harsh. But it is how I feel. Um, Nelson says, did, you, did y'all see Garner chewing that D-line out after Florida scored their first touchdown? He was spitting fire. Man, Garner always spitting fire. Always. Other McKee says, Austin tried to get some Disney in. <laughs> yeah, Austin always like going to Disney World, man. Nelson, uh, Gate City Vols says, what is your grade so far this year for the receivers? Um, a D. And I'm being generous. Is Missouri a winnable game from feels like 98? I say yes. Ben, any, any agreement, disagreement there from a couple messages I read off? Nope. Tennessee right. is uh, absolutely capable of beating Missouri. I mean, it's, it's more than a, a winnable game. Uh, Connor Bazelak is an impressive quarterback. I, I think he's a pretty good young quarterback in this league. Tyler Beatty at running back, he's he's going to be a problem for Tennessee. They're going to have to contain him. They lack playmakers on the perimeter. They, they've got some guys who have potential. Uh, Kiki Chisholm, he, he's a, a solid receiver, not a game-breaker. Uh, they were hoping Mookie Cooper, the Ohio State transfer, was going to come in and, okay. and be a game-changer, but he just hasn't hit the ground running. Not that he's been bad. He just hasn't been what Wandell Robinson has been to Kentucky. Missouri was hoping that this Mookie Cooper kid from Ohio State was, was going to have the same type of impact as Wandell Robinson from Nebraska going to Kentucky, and that just hasn't been the case. And Missouri is, is hampered by poor O-line play up front. So uh, if, if Rodney Garner's group can, can play well and, and have a good game, then – then I really, really like Tennessee's chances, assuming that Tennessee does does not beat itself because defensively they, they don't have a, a ton of playmakers. I mean, they've got some guys up front in the front seven. Uh, Jeff Coat, uh, Kobe Whiteside, I mean, those, those guys can, can make plays uh, and are, are the real deal. At, at linebacker, they have a kid from, from Rice that transferred in, Blaze Alsridge, uh, who's been really good, Devin Nicholson, he starts at linebacker next to him. He, he's really good. Uh, remember uh, Sean Robinson, the, the quarterback that started at quarterback for Missouri last year? Mm-hmm. He's playing safety now, and he's actually doing a, a pretty good job of it. Uh, had his first career interception over the weekend against Boston College. So they, uh, they, they've kind of found a gym back there at, at safety. And then at corner, they had some guys transfer out and, and have replaced them with a, a pair of transfers from Tulsa, a, a pair of Tulsa transfer corners. And uh, they, they've been solid. They're, they're not world beaters. I think there will continue to be opportunities for the receivers. Uh, hopefully they will uh, they will take advantage of it. But last thing, just a little more clarification on the, the defensive lineman. I, I was forgetting his name off the top of my head. Trajan Jeffcoat, I said him. He, he had first-team All-SEC honors. Uh, after last season, led Missouri with six sacks and seven quarterback hurries. Uh, they're strong on the inside as well. So, once again, hopefully Cooper's ankle will be good to go. they got Kobe Whiteside, a redshirt senior, a Kale Byers, a, a redshirt senior. Uh, so, it's, they've, they've got a lot of experience up front. Uh, going into the season, their entire two deep was a junior, redshirt junior, a senior, or a redshirt senior. So, plenty of experience up front. Guys... 
uh, time to take your health serious, make your health a priority. It's very easy, easier than you think at the Low T Center where they are reinventing the doctor's visit, making it easy, making it quick to get all of your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. Uh, they offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers that you are, uh, that are important to your health. Excuse me. Uh, they specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. Low T Center is one of the leading men providers in the, com- in the country uh, when it comes to uh, the medical field. So if you're feeling tired, grumpy, have a lack of motivation, drive, notice weight gain, or loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone, low, ty- low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. So follow uh, my direction and go to the Low T Center. Go to lowtcenter.com for more information. The telephone number here locally is 865-392-1388. Um, as we get ready to wrap up today's show. I want to go to the text box again. I know there's a lot of comments um, that we have missed. Uh, let's see here. What is Hype going to do about it is a question. Uh, coach is not coaching these kids up the right way, and it's easy to see. Well, I mean, hey, it doesn't matter if he's coaching them up right or if he's coaching them wrong. They're not getting the results. So it's reflecting on him. That's just the way it works. I've been through this before where our group wasn't performing at the level that we needed to perform at, and our coach got fired after the 05 season. So it's not to say that that you're not talking about these things and that you're not coaching them, but you just have to do whatever it takes to get the results. And right now, drops are an issue. So it needs to be a point of emphasis in practice. It needs to be tallied. It needs to be charted in practice. And if you drop passes in practice, there needs to be penalties, not just push-ups. Not just push-ups. It needs to be as a group. One person drops a pass, he goes to the side and does push-ups. That's not good enough. Everyone does that. That's universal for wide receivers across the world. But it needs to be the group being held accountable. Tally drops during practice, how many you have as a group, needs to be how many up-downs or sprints or whatever, push-up, whatever that you do after practice. That needs to be what happens or something something close to that. So it doesn't matter if, if Cody Burns is doing everything right or if he's not doing everything right. The fact is the results are not good enough. And you pay for results. And you got to go get them. You got to go find a way to get them. I heard Auburn so, needs a receiver's coach. Hey, man, I ain't getting into all that. Huh? They pulled They pulled a Pruitt and Brumbaugh, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just – this is the way this business works, man. Like, Pat Washington was my receiver coach. I, I didn't have a problem with what he was teaching us my, my junior year. I didn't drop a ton of passes. I was doing, you know, I was doing my job, but it don't matter. Because we can say that about Cedric Tillman. Like, Cedric Tillman is doing his job. He ain't dropping any passes. But as a group, the group is not good enough. And at the end of the day, the position coach is going to be held accountable for the group's success or lack thereof. That's the way it works. That is the way it works. So, Hypo got to figure it out. Cody Burns got to figure it out. During the broadcast, they talked about how the receivers was the best group. It wasn't the best group Saturday. 
They was the worst group. Got to go fix it. Because we got to have those big plays on the outside. And we need it, and we need it from the receivers. They got to catch the ball. They got to play at a better level. So that's the best way I can put it. Y'all got eyeballs too. I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. And sure coat it. Aaron says, I thought it was like Butch celebrating with a cigar on the field after Bama beat us in 18. To my thing, yeah, Niedermeyer like tweet. Yeah, whatever, I man. I mean, Niedermeyer may know the guy personally, but still, kind of a weird look. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's, those guys are, those guys are bitter. They're not happy about being, being, being canned. So well, he of all people should not. It be is bitter. what it is. It is what it is. Um, Mike says Jerm Banks is turning into a solid SEC linebacker. Just stop the penalties. Uh, tough mentality that could be a leader for us in the future. Yeah, man, I've been liking Banks' play. He just got to play smarter. Can't be body slamming folks and face masking guys when you when you have them. The running back stood up for more than two seconds. Just just move your hands, man. Move your move your hands. Hope you have a great day today, everyone listening. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., live from the Low T Center studio. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you have a great day. Peace and love. We are out.